This time on the Fountains Fellowship Fort Worth, the podcast. Pastor Samuel drops the third message in the I Believe in You series, in which he encourages us to take up the roles as spiritual mentors for the next generation. We can each take on the role of spiritual mother or father and son or daughter by following the biblical example set forth in the relationship between Paul and Timothy. Here's Pastor Samuel with The Practical Side of Mentoring. We want to welcome you to the Fountains Fellowship. We are honored to be able to serve you. We are so thankful that you have come today to be a part of uh, what God's doing in the earth. And uh, that is about people coming and celebrating Him and living for Him and doing great things. And so thank you again for being here. We, uh, we have eight weeks left in this school. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Now, we love this school, but we are excited for our next step. We are excited to go to our new campus, and God continues to orchestrate or put together amazing things for us to be able to walk into. And uh, we give thanks not only to the Lord, but to Life Church for allowing us to, to, to move right in after they move out. And uh, they have been so gracious in uh, helping us to be able to get into that place and have all the amazing things that they have there. And so we are very thankful as a church, and we see that Jesus continues to guide our footsteps uh, and, and guide us in the direction that he wants us to go. And I am so thankful that you are a part of it. So I just want to encourage you uh, on whatever you can to encourage people. Uh, in eight weeks, July 30th will be our last Sunday here, and then we will spend four Sundays in the month of August in Crowley, and we'll be uh, one church in one location over there for four weeks, and they will bless us and send us out to Fort Worth in the first week of September. And so I just want to continue to remind you and tell you of the great things the Lord is doing because you're faithful. Did you know that? Did you know it takes an army of people that are faithful to, to fulfill all that God wants us to fulfill in this life? And by the time I'm finished... On my time on earth, I hope and pray that people's lives are changed because I've pointed them to Jesus. You know, over these last few weeks, we've been talking, uh, we've been talking about this issue of I believe in you and that Jesus believes in you and that he has given you everything that you need for success in this life. The Bible says that the same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave lives inside of you. And if you, would, you and I would realize that, think of the amazing things that we can do on a daily basis when we realize that resurrection power lives in us. And this is the, the inheritance that Jesus gives us as we give our lives to him. And uh, I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about what Jesus continues to do and allow us to do in this world around us. I want to read a scripture to you this morning as we begin our third and final week of I Believe in You, this series We've got some great stuff coming up for you. I don't want you to miss it. But today I'm going to conclude this series. This is, the title of this is The Practical Side of Mentoring. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about, we got to hear from our, our student pastor, Peyton, last week, who did a great job. He's so funny and so tall all at the same time. 
I'm so excited. And he talked to us about how it's so important that we have other supporting voices around us and around the next generation to help them see what they don't see and to help them and guide them and lead them well. We talked about how he talked about how we need to raise our expectations that this younger generation is called by God to do great and amazing things, even greater things than we have done. He talked about last week how we have to be authentic in our faith. We actually have to be real Christ followers that look like Jesus, not just on Sunday morning, but on Monday through Saturday as well. And I just appreciate that. And we, we unpacked that in our life groups last week, and it was amazing. If you're not a part of a life group, I encourage you, go online. You can find out when they meet and where they're located. We love living life with you. Did you know that? And uh, we know that when we live life together, God molds us, guides us, directs us, teaches us. Sometimes he disciplines us. Anybody? Is it only me that gets disciplined? Goodness. And so he does great things through life groups, and I just want to encourage you about that. So the final words, uh, I, I wanted to read this to you in the book of Matthew 28, I love what Jesus says. This is called the Great Commission. If you don't know what this means, this is basically Jesus' direction to the disciples and to you and I about what we need to be about. How many of you know there are a lot of things that we can be about? But Jesus directs us to a few things that if we are about these things, it will produce great things. The Bible says in Matthew 28, verses 19, says here, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, Jesus says to them, listen, I believe in you. I'm going to be with you throughout this whole thing. So don't worry I will be here. I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you, which means run away from you. I will always pursue you. I will always be with you. But keep in mind the important thing is that you go out and you mentor and you build up and you promote Jesus in the earth. There's a reason why we do this. And this is what we've been talking about, that God has instilled something in us to go do great things. We have to take that upon ourselves and say yes. What's so cool about the Great Commission is it's, it's, it's really a great commandment, not a great suggestion. It's not like if you don't have anything else to do, then you can maybe mentor and love other people and share the gospel, right? It's like, listen, this is all that I want you to do is go out and, and, and tell people about what God's done in your life. And we're going to talk about that today. I believe that you and I must take responsibility to mentor and disciple this next generation on how to have an authentic relationship with God. And if you have your worship guides, I want you to make sure you fill that, the blanks in today because it's going to be vital that you take good notes so that this week when you need it, you can go back and uh, look at these verses and look at these points and share the good news with people. This is why we do this for you. You're welcome. All right. Now. Let's, let's, let's move on today and I uh, want to tell you some great things. I love uh, the Bible because it really is a roadmap to life, yeah. right? If, you, if, you, if you're losing direction or you don't know where you're headed or maybe you were going one direction but you realize it's not the right direction to go, the only way that happens is as you read the Word of God, it illuminates your life. Do you know that? It, it shines the light on you so that then you can see. 
And it's a very good thing for you and I to have direction in our lives. So Moses, back in the day, he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They were in persecution. They were slaves in Egypt. And Moses rolled into town, and through a lot of circumstances, he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he was headed towards the promised land. Well, the cool thing about Moses, he did a lot of things good, some things not so good, but the great thing that he did was, before he passed away, he was still in the wilderness, and they were about to head into the promised land, and he had a guy named Joshua. And he helped Joshua transition his leadership, Moses' leadership, to Joshua. And the Bible says it went so great that when Moses passed away, the people went right to Joshua and they followed him greatly. And it was so cool because Joshua then takes them into the promised land, the place that God had promised for the children of Israel. But the interesting thing that I want to point out here is Moses did a good job, but we find that Joshua, even taking the children of Israel into the promised land had one glaring mistake, and that was that he did not transition well these new people, all these new kids that were growing up, and he did not help them see what was most important. The Bible even tells us here in Judges 2 that after he took them into the promised land, it says here, after the whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, which basically means after that whole generation had passed away. And moved on. It says here, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Now, this was a real problem because they did not communicate well enough to the younger generation about how all the things that they had gone through and all the things that they had come from and all the blessings of the Lord. And they did not model that in their lives. And so this new generation grew up and really had no desire for God, had no understanding of of, of how valuable it was, the life that they had. And we see here this difficult thing for Joshua because he didn't lead well in that area. And what we want to do as a church, as we take our next step, is we want to, we all collectively want to rise up and mentor and encourage and bring life to people around us, which means help encourage them, love on them, give them a reason to live, which is what you and I have in this guy named Jesus. And so the New Testament, we we move from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and we see a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul. He wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. He understands the value of mentoring and loving people. He rolls into town in this town called Lystra and meets this this young kid, and his name is Timothy. And something inside of Paul said, listen, I need to take that kid with me. And I want him to follow me and watch how I do this and imitate me. And we're going to see what the Bible says about that. And Paul began to say to Timothy, Timothy, I believe in you. I know that God has called you to do great things. I want to help you. I want you to follow me and I will guide you and direct your life. And we see this beautiful picture of Paul the mentor and Timothy needing a mentor. Even though he he had a grandma, he had a mom, the Bible says he really needed something more, a spiritual father. You know, the cool thing about walking with God is that, that you can have or be a spiritual father. It's so important. Listen, I'm blessed, and I realize that. Like, I had a dad who loved me. 
I had a dad who prayed with me every night. I had a dad who, who did Bible studies with me, and he would do these weird things called chalk talks, right? And he'd have this little chalkboard back in the day when everybody, when people knew what those were. And, and, and there was a chalkboard, and he would draw these pictures out, right? And then all of a sudden, he would relate that to Jesus, and it would, this picture with a bunch of lines would turn into this, you know, this, this cool, awesome picture of this kid loving his father or doing something. Or, and, and it was always this amazing thing. Well, listen, I realize that 99% of the people didn't have a father like that. And even though I had a father like that, the amazing thing was God continued to bring people into my life to mentor and help me be all that God has called me to be. And, and I want you to know that you can have or you can be this spiritual father. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4.15, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, which guardians mean like coaches and teachers and people to help and encourage you. It says, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. See, the cool thing about walking with Christ, the cool thing about living life in church with people all headed in the the same direction is that there will be times that you need somebody to look up to, that you need a real father in the faith. And I've been fortunate. I'm here today because of all of those people that invested in me. We had a a youth pastor who loved us even when we screwed up, and we screwed up often. I know none of you have experienced that, but we did all the time. And we had a youth pastor that believed in us and, it, and, and that loved us. Listen, it, it's interesting because in America, we don't see a lot of people talking like, hey, that's my father and the Lord. Well, when I went to Africa a few years ago, I went around to all these churches in our, our Africa Bible College, all these alumni that have graduated and started their churches, and I would go and minister and preach in those churches, and people would come up to me and say, yeah, this is my father here, and this is my father, and, and this is my son. And I was like, wait a minute. Are you all related here? Like, what is the deal? But what they were saying was, no, this is my spiritual father. And when Sharon Cranford, our, our missionary is there, they, they, they all called her Mama Sharon. And, and anything that Sharon needed, they would bend over backwards and do everything to love on her and honor her. Why? Because for 40 years, she has served them and loved on them and mentored them and been there when their babies were born and helped them through life and encouraged them and, and saw in them what they did not see in themselves. You and I can have that. We can have a spiritual father or we can be a spiritual father. Now, moms, don't worry. Because the Bible says you can have or be a spiritual mother as well. The Bible says in Titus 2, 3 to 5, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and listen to this, to be subject to their husbands so that no one would malign the word of God. I love it because the older women can be spiritual mentors to younger women. Did you know that? Same for men. Listen, I think that a lot of times this is the problem that we have in America is we just let kids do whatever they want to do. We let the younger generation do whatever they want to do. The problem is we have to look around and go, do we see Jesus in the people around us? And if we don't, the last thing we need to do is point the finger. The first thing we need to do is say, God, help me be the example that I need to be in the world around us. 
we got to lead by example. And I just want to encourage you, we are not a group of people that come in on Sunday and shout Jesus and then leave and forget about him for the rest of the week. We actually get busy doing all that we're created to do. I just want to encourage you, you can be a spiritual father. You can be a spiritual mother. Now, how do we apply this, apply this practically in our lives every day? I want to give you some advice, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Determine first what you're looking for. If you are a Timothy and you need a mentor, you need somebody to, to guide your life and to help you live the life that you were created to live. If you need that, you need to begin to look and, and, and determine what it is you're looking for. For example, if you're about to get married and, and you want to have a healthy, successful marriage, I would encourage you to find some, a family in the church that are older than you, that have been married a few years, and that, that have an understanding of what it means to have a healthy marriage. And God will lead you in that direction. And what I would do is I would reach out to that husband and wife and say, we need, we need mentorship. We need to help you. We need to know what works, what doesn't work. There have been times when I've gone to, to people in my life that have mentored my wife and I, and I've said, listen, I don't know why my wife does what she does. And there have been moments when Nicole has went to her mentor and said, my husband is an idiot. She probably used other words. But I get it, right? Like we need each other. We need to help each other in this. And we must determine what it is. Listen, if you're a new Christian and you're a new follower of Christ, you need to find somebody to help you understand what it means to read the Bible, how to walk with Jesus every day, how to tell somebody about Jesus, how to not be shy when it comes to your faith and your ability to communicate, but to actually step up and be encouraged by a Paul in your life. You have to look for that. You have to seek that out. And you and I have to be diligent to follow the, the advice and the wisdom of the people God put in our lives. I'm speaking to somebody today. And once you find that Paul, once you find that, mini, that minister, grab a hold of him. Grab a hold of that woman that, that, that wants to help you ladies be all that you need to be. Listen, we need each other. Yes, we have Jesus, but God uses people as the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. He uses people, and, and if we would allow him to use us, he'll give us those mentors that we need. And when you find the mentor, when you find the Paul in your life, number two here, if you're, if you're taking notes, you need to ask questions, you need to listen. Somebody say listen, and you need to take notes, all right? Now, I say that, listen, I, I, I worked a job uh, 10 years ago, worked for a company. I knew nothing about the company other than I got the job. And I rolled in and my boss began to sit me down in an, off, in an office with a projector and he began to pour into me for about six months straight. And every day I walked in with a pad of paper and a pen. And I said, Brian, I'm gonna write everything down that you tell me. And I don't wanna be weird about it. I'm just gonna tell you up front. I know that you're gonna tell me a lot of good things and I know you're great and you're smart and you're good looking and I wanna be just like you and I'm going to listen to you and I'm gonna write everything down. And there have been so many times that I went back to that, those, those, the, that notebook that was full of stuff that he told me because I had forgotten a few things. Or maybe I didn't know how to do what he had already showed me. So because I appreciated him, I wrote everything down. 
This is why we, we, we give you worship guides. This is why we give you these guides to help you write down so that not only do you see it, but you write it and you retain it and you begin to do all that you need to do. Ask questions, listen, take notes. Listen, another thing is come in, number three, come in with questions. You know, there, I, I've, Nicole and I have, have counseled people before and they come in and for a whole hour, they tell us all their problems. That's great. Certainly you need to get that off your, off your mind, your heart, your chest, do, do whatever. Tell us all. But listen, the greatest meetings that we have are when people come to us and say, hey, I have a question. What do I do? Like, like, what did you do in this situation? I've got some questions that I think will help you start the conversation with your mentor to help you learn some things. Instead of just talking, 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 come in with some good questions. Let me give you a few. What do you wish you knew when you were my age? What do you wish you knew that you know now that you didn't know that you can help give me some wisdom on? Another question, what's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? What is it? Let me understand that. What is your biggest regret? That's a great question. What is something that you, you, you regret that you did that, that if you could go back and change it, you would do that? Another question, what do you see in me that I may not see in myself? Man, watch out with that question. I love it because, listen, there are times in my life when I have felt like a complete loser. Like I can never do anything right. And all of a sudden, the man of God in my life comes to me. I have people that pastor my wife and I, and Pastor Adam and Pastor Stephen and Pastor Don. They'll come to me and say, Sam, I see greatness in you. Like, I see that you can handle this. I see that you're mature beyond your years. I see all of these things. And all of a sudden, when I feel like a complete loser, somebody encourages me and sees what Jesus sees in me. They see what I don't see in myself. And all of a sudden, I'm blown away at the goodness of God. And all that does is lead me to want to do better, to want to be successful in Jesus, and to want to promote his goodness in life. This, this is what happens when people see things in me that I don't see in myself, because sometimes I just feel down. I know none of you have felt like that. But there are moments when I need an encouraging word. Man. My wife, God has given me a wife, someone that I can live life that encourages me and helps me to, to, to be all that I need to be. We need to come in with great questions. Man. Number four, we need to put into practice what you see. The Bible says that we, we not only need to hear the word, but we need to be doers of the word. It's great to hear a good word on Sunday, but I expect, Jesus expects that when he feeds you, you, you consume it, right? And that you begin to walk with him. You begin to say yes to him. The more that I'm around Jesus, the more that I spend time with Jesus, the more that I look like him, the more that I act like him. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. It does no good if you don't go home and put it into practice. There's a lot of people that stand around the gym all day, but it's the ones that actually get on the machines and work out are the ones that get strong. This is what God is calling the Fountains Fellowship to be, a bunch of strong-willed people understanding where they're going and how to get there, and they're leading and guiding and direct, directing people in that same direction. Number five, in our efforts to listen to our mentor and, and, and hear it and do what our mentors are asking of us, we need to show honor to them. 
This is a, a great mystery for a lot of people, and that is to actually honor your parents and actually honor the people around you. I, I, I will always honor my parents, my, my mom and dad, for their faithfulness. Listen, let me give you this quote. The most valuable thing a person can give you is not their money, but their time. Time is invaluable. Nicole and I, before we started church years ago, we went to pastors in the the area, and they gave us their time. And I was blown away at some of the people that we had time to go in and hear from them. And, And they would encourage us. People that should have never given us their time. And yet they were following Jesus, and they took these two young people ready to learn, and they they, they spoke into our lives and helped us get to the place that we knew God wanted us to be. And we will honor them. We will always be faithful. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honoring one another above yourselves. You know, whenever your mentor asks you to come talk to them, you need to be on time. Amen. Amen. You need to come with questions. You need to take notes. You need to wash their car if it's dirty, somebody. You need to babysit their kids. Come on, somebody. You need to do everything you can to show them honor and appreciate what they have done for you. I believe God sees that heart. And I believe as I honor people, I will be honored one day. As I mentor the next generation. As I mentor people around me, God will be faithful. So it's so important to understand that we all need a Paul in our lives. You know, if, you know, I want you to think about if you're a mom and you want to be a better mom, or maybe you're, you're in business and you want to have a stronger, better business. You know, maybe you are an athlete and you want to glorify God with your abilities. Wouldn't it be amazing to have somebody like Paul in your life to mentor you? Somebody who, who understands, somebody that's been there. You know, and I want you to think about the opposite of that. At the same time, how many of you feel a little bit intimidated and unqualified to be a Paul to somebody else? See, it's one thing to have a Paul. But it's also another thing to be a Paul in the lives of people around you. Why did Jesus put you in that family? Why did Jesus put you with that, next to that employee that you don't like? Or maybe that you have difficulty with? Or maybe that, that employee that gets on your last nerve, right? Because some of you only have one nerve. Why did Jesus put you in... In this church, why did he put you in the lives of the people he puts you in? I believe there are lots of things that you and I have gone through in our lives. We've hurt in areas. We have failed in areas. There are things that we have struggled with. And, and, and for a lot of us, we feel very intimidated and, and very insecure about our abilities to love other people. But I want to encourage you, there have been things that God has allowed in your life because he knows that there are people that you are going to meet that you need to encourage and build up. Did you know that? 
There have been lost, there have been lost loved ones that, 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 that have died and passed on from this earth to the next, right, to, to, to eternity. And there have been some difficult things. And I believe God will continually put people in your life so that you can encourage them because you've been there, because you've gone through it. And, and, and this is what you need to understand, that if you are quiet and you are silent and you don't rise up in that time of need, then these people aren't blessed. These people don't know what to do. These people continue to hurt and feel lonely and feel lost in the world around them. And I want to encourage you, we are not those people to be silent, but God has created us to be bold as a lion, the Bible says, to step up and encourage and bring life to everyone around us. What does that mean? Encourage them, build them up, let them know you know what it feels like to hurt. There have been people that are struggling with cancer. There are people that have, that have died and and. and from cancer, and there are people right now going through that, that they need to hear the voice of somebody who understands how they feel, somebody who is hurting, somebody who's going through uh, problems and addiction. There are people in our church that have been broken of the addiction of pornography, have been broken of the addiction of of alcohol and drugs. Listen, there are people that are going to come into this house into this church that need a a helping hand, that needs somebody to encourage them that they can do this, that with the help of Jesus, he can bring healing to to our lives. You, You and I have the ability to show and share Jesus to the world around us, but it requires us to take a step of faith and, 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 and speak up about the experiences that we've gone through and the gracious, good, merciful God that has helped us through those same problems. There are people that have gone through adultery and have cheated on their spouse and they have found healing in Jesus and they have reconciled and their marriages are stronger today than it was 10 years ago. How can this happen? It's a guy named Jesus that comes in and heals that marriage. Well, I will tell you, there are people that are struggling with those same temptations today and they need to hear somebody in this world that has a better way, that has seen real life come into their lives and a real help and that will only happen happen if you and I speak up. We can be Paul's to the world around us. That's empowering to me. That means I can get up and make a difference in the lives of the people around me. That God didn't just put these people in my life as a mistake, even though sometimes I feel that way. But God is saying, no, Sam, you got to get vocal and share with your family what what I did in your life and how how I helped you through that problem. And how I gave you, and I was gracious to you, and I was full of mercy. And I didn't just kick you to the curb, but I came and wrapped my loving arms around you. This is what Jesus does. This is what he is in the business of doing. Are you prepared to be a Paul to someone else? A lot of times when I'm counseling people, I don't give them suggestions all the time based on the word of God. I just share with them, hey, you know what? I screwed up just like you you have done. And I know what it feels like to be down and out, feel like that I could never measure up, but I'm here to tell you that God believes in you, that I, I as a pastor, believe in this church. I believe in the direction that we're headed, and we're going to get there, and our best days are, are ahead of us. Wherever you're at today, whatever the difficulty you have gone through, there are people in this church that love you. And there are people in this church that pray for you. We pray for you as a staff every week. We call you by name. 
There are times God puts me on, puts you on my heart, and I will call you by name and pray that God would be real to you today and that he would use you in great ways. I don't want you to ever buy the lie that you don't have anything to offer the next generation. Stop that. As soon as that comes into your head, you need to stop it and say, God, I have a voice. You've given me everything I need to bring life to people. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Let me give you a few practical things. We're only going to be a few more minutes. But I want you to take these practical things and be obedient to them. Just say yes. From this day forward, I'm going to do this. Number one, I just want you to be an example in the way that you live. I love this. I want you to live an attracted life, an attractive life. Titus 2, 7. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. Do you know that's hard to do? It's especially hard to do when you're not hearing the voice of Jesus. It's especially hard to do when you're not reading the roadmap to life. It's especially hard to do when, when, when everybody around you is headed in a different direction. But it's much easier to do when, when you are following and walking with people that are living their life for Jesus. Jesus says in John 12, 32, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. Are, are you living an attractive life? Do people, when they see you at work, want to be like you? Do they want to handle the situation like you? Do they want to have what you have? Do they want to have the right, the, the attitude that you have? I would say it's so important that it doesn't much make too much of a difference what you do here for the hour that we hang out together. But it's so much more important what you do outside of these doors that speaks to your life, speaks to my life, speaks to, speaks to who God wants us to be. And, and I, want to, I, I want to say you've got to live this life with the understanding that everyone is watching you. You know, LeBron James, come on now, we got a basketball series going on. Everybody watches that guy. Every second of the day, everything he says on social media, everything that comes out of his mouth, they are scrutinizing and analyzing him. How tough would that be? And I want to encourage you, we have the opportunity to live this attractive life where people can see and understand and say, I want that. It's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. Not our arrogance, not our rock throwing. I always say in this church, we, we, we make our critics really small and we make Jesus really big. We promote how good he is and we, we, we don't get on Facebook and social media and tell everybody how horrible people are. What we do is we tell everybody how great our God is. He's the life that we all need. We have to live attractive lives. We have to build relationships. you got to share your life with other people. I love this verse in 1 Thessalonians. Paul says, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. The greatest thing that you and I could do is just live life together. It's, there, there's so, there, there are so 
many good things that happen when you look back over the years of living for Jesus, living life with people that you love, that you deeply love, that you haven't just shared a Sunday morning, but you've shared a meal with, that you've hung out and your kids have been raised together. There's just a real genuine awesomeness that happens when when you get to live life with people that you really love. You got to share your life with people. You got to encourage friends. You need to have fun together. You need to respect each other. You need to listen often and speak less. Got to speak less. You got to hear what is going on in the lives of your of, of your friends, your family members, the kids, the people that you work with. What is it that you can do to encourage and build those relationships together? Those are so important outside of Sunday morning, what you do with your time. Build those relationships. And number three, share your story. The Bible tells us here in Psalms 145, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. You know, the thing that really so encourages my life is when I hear about what God is doing in your life and how that you're growing in Jesus and how that every day you're becoming more like him. I hear stories every week of people that say, you know what, back in the day I would have done this. But because I now know the truth and I have life and I now know Jesus, I'm doing this. No longer am I hateful, but all of a sudden now I love people that I used to hate. Nicole and I were counseling this, this, this gentleman and his wife and loving on them. And he told me he, he, he used to hate people of other races. And he used to do horribly mean, hateful things to anybody else that was not his own race. And, 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 and how he used to wake up every day and think, how can I do, have, do something horrible to these people? And he, and he told us how he met Jesus. And all of a sudden... He felt love that he had never felt before for people that he once hated. And I want to tell you, this is the difference. This is the difference that a guy named Jesus makes in our lives. We begin to say things and we begin to do things that blow people away. Why? Because because all of a sudden, God changes us. And when that happens, you can't help but tell your story. You can't, tell, but, you can't help but tell everybody what has happened. How, how, how this guy named Jesus came into my heart and changed me and he changed my family. And now I love my wife like never before. Now instead of hating my, my situation, I see God working in it. See, this is the picture of a Christ follower. This is a picture of somebody who has said, it's less about me, God. And it's more about what you want me to do. And all the great things that you've given me. The Bible says that the, the, the thief, the, Satan comes to kill and steal and destroy everything you have. But Jesus came that you and I might have life and have it to the fullest and have it abundantly. This is what I choose every day. This is why I can so easily share my story. Because nobody, nobody can come to me and say, you know, that's not true. Because it's my story. Because I know what God did in my life. You know what Jesus has done in your life. And nobody can argue that. 
And when you go to them and and you say, I've been healed, Uh, I I was broken and I was abused, but God came and set me free and helped me get through that. So now, instead of being a a horrible person, I can love. Listen, I I think of Dane. Dane and Adrian are out on vacation right now. And we talked this past week about how Dane had had a bad example in a father. And there was not a lot of love. And there was not a lot of encouragement. And his father was an alcoholic, and, and he, he talked about how he'd come home, and he would, the only thing he wanted to do at night was protect his mom from being abused. And it was so crazy that he would come home, and, and during dinner, he, every time they had dinner, he would say, let me just eat in my bedroom so I can be away from the two of you. And every day he would go get his dinner and he would go into his room and lock his door and have dinner by himself. Why? Because he didn't want to be abused. He didn't want to be yelled at. He didn't want to be hurt. He didn't want all the things that he was raised in. But let me tell you, I said, Dane, what was it in you? How did you change this? Because you could have easily been that same father that, that neglected the children, that did these things that certainly, certainly there were some good things that happened, but there were a lot of struggles and a lot of heartache. How, Dane, are you now the father that... That I want to be? How now are you the father that has raised your four babies in church and have loved them and have encouraged them? Why now, Dane, do you sit at the dinner table every night with your children that you prepare the meal together with all of you and you sit down every night at the dinner table and you love each other and you talk about the day? Why? How did this happen? And I just want to encourage you. If you think you know, you don't know because it's important for you and I to know that that only begins with Jesus. That, that that is the answer, right? If you're looking today, what, what is the answer? How can you repair my marriage? Why is it that I hate my job? Why is it that my, I don't have a relationship with my children? Listen, the only answer to all of those things is a guy named Jesus. The Bible says here that the wages of sin is death. If you and I were going to live this life for ourselves, it would end in death. That's what the Bible tells us. This is what we believe. And my sin and your sin, if not dealt with, the wages of those sin, the, the result of that sin will end us in an eternity in hell. The Bible says that God sent his son, Jesus, to this earth to die for our sin, to pay the price and the penalty for our sin so that now you and I can live with Jesus in eternity. And that we can have a new life, not just in eternity, but on earth. Jesus paid that price by dying on the cross, our sins. He was raised again three days later and brought life to us. So now, when God looks at us, he doesn't see this sinful people, but he sees righteousness. Which means he sees that you and I are in right standing with God. And now we're not these these, these sinful people, but now we can live with real life and a real understanding that we are whole in Jesus, that we have everything we need to go from this earth to the next. We have everything we need to do all that God has called us to do. And we can now mentor people around us. We can love on people. We can do all that we're called to do. And the cool thing about this whole thing today is that it's a free gift. You don't have to do anything to receive Jesus' free gift. It is free. There's no strings attached. 
All that you and I have to do is is say a simple prayer. God, come into my life. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And now I pick up your righteousness. And I pick up all the great things that you've called and equipped me to have. And, And Jesus lives inside of our hearts and speaks to us through the voice of the Holy Spirit and helps us be successful in mentoring the new the next generation and telling our story and loving on people and being a voice in the world that is hurting. I don't know about you, but that kind of excites me. That makes me excited that we have all that we need for success in this life and in the next. I want you to bow your heads with me today. I've said a lot to you. I pray today in this this closing message of I believe in you, I want you to know that Jesus believes in you. And he is faithful to give you everything you need. If you're here today, we're going to say a prayer of salvation. We're going to pray this prayer together collectively. And if you're here today and you've not said this prayer, I want you to say it for the first time and believe it in your heart. And Jesus will come and begin to change your thought, your thought process. He'll begin to bring mentors in your life. You'll begin to encourage other people. But it starts with this one prayer that says, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. And I accept what you did for me on the cross. So today, I want us to stay this, say this with your eyes closed. And, and I want you to say it today. Um, if you've never said it, say it for the first time. If you've been away from Christ, I want you to say it again today. And you're saying, God, I come back to you. And I will make decisions based on what you want. Let's pray this together. Say, dear God, I believe there's a heaven. I believe there's a hell. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins and save me from hell. I know that I'm a sinner and that I've wronged you. Please forgive me. Come into my life and save my soul. I will trust you and live life for you. In Jesus' name. I've got one more prayer, then we've got some announcements, but I wanna pray for you that you would grab a hold of this message here. Jesus so believes in you, and we as a church believe in you, that you can go out and make a difference in the, people's, the people that God has put in your life, your coworkers, your family. Some of you right now are praying for your, your family members that are, far from, that are far from Jesus, that are living them, their lives for themselves, that are broken, that are abused. And I want to tell you, Jesus sees you. He knows your pain. He knows you're discouraged in this situation. And let me tell you, he's working. He's working to to bring those people to himself. I want you and I to believe this as I pray for you. And wherever you're at, the difficulties, the struggle, that Jesus will be faithful as you are faithful to say, God, use me. Give me the right words to say. Let me be bold. Let me not walk in fear, but walk in faith. Dear Lord, I lift up your people this morning that they would so grab a hold of the understanding that you have empowered them for great and mighty works, that they can do great things, that they can encourage, that they can build up, that they have the right words, that if they would just share their story, if they would just build relationships, if they would just come and and give their lives to other people, Lord, we know that you would come by your goodness and bring them to life, God. 
I pray that we would invest and invite people to, to church, Lord, that, that we understand that it starts with what we do on Sunday mornings and it changes our Monday through Saturday. God, I pray for boldness like never before on your people. I pray that if, if your people are wounded, if they're hurt, if they're sick, anything that's going on in their bodies right now, that you would bring whole and healing to their bodies. Lord, you are the great physician. And by your stripes, God, we are healed. I pray for healing with your people. Whatever ails them, whatever, whatever hurts today, whether it be their heart or their physical body, whatever they're struggling with, God, I pray that you would come by your mighty hand and bring wholeness to their life today. God, we know you're a miracle-working God. I thank you for what you've done today in this place. I thank you that we have a voice in this next generation And God, we will be obedient and faithful to you, Lord. We thank you for this. Jesus' name, everybody say. That's it for this time. Tune in next time for week four of I Believe in You. Have a blessed one.